Hi, this is Tricia Lewis and welcome to the Make It Real podcast aimed at small business owners to help you build your business without selling your soul. I've walked the walk, my guests have walked the walk and now we're all talking the talk from branding, content creation, marketing to fear sorting and real you unsquashing. So many insights and tips. So stay tuned. get on with it because this is and I've just checked um the pronunciation uh Kate that wasn't the difficult bit obviously um for the next bit her surname is Chasty and I could have said something like Chasty which would have been hideous and um Kate is well, well let's just say the passionate PA but I'm, ge- I'm going to get Kate to ex- <laughs> explain more about the nutshell of what she does. Yeah, we're going to have a rather interesting story about um, Kate entering into a very male-dominated world. Don't worry, men, we're not going to have a go at you. It's just a, a nice little insight into part of her journey. And um, and then we're going to dig in a bit to just what the heck a freelance PA is in this current day. Um, and we're going to talk a bit about... As Kate put it, leading with an open heart, vulnerability, courage, kindness, consistency. I think that's a ruddy good list. So I'm not going to, I'm going to shut up now and um, introduce Kate. Kate um, is living in a field, by the way. Kate, tell us more. (laughs) (laughs) I do live in a field. Hi, Tricia. Um, Yes, I absolutely do live in a field. About three, three and a half years ago, we moved to our forever house, as we call it, um, on Dartmoor. So we have a two and a half acre, tiny little farm that is just divine and and wonderful in so many ways but it does mean that I'm a little bit you know away from the world so I have no neighbours and uh, internet connections are sometimes a little bit tricky but apart from that it is absolutely lovely. It's it's Dartmoor yeah I mean Dartmoor that's the that's what everybody thinks of when they think of those kind of Jane Eyre, Wuthering Heights type novel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, I do. It is literally the middle of a field. I have no neighbours. So we can see a house that's about, I don't know, half a mile away. So yeah, no neighbours wow. at all. It is, it is lovely. It's beautiful. Very, very remote in the winter, though, when we get snowed in. Goodness me, we get snowed in properly. So yes, it's... Um, yeah, yeah, not quite so cute as the current weather with the birds tweeting and the daffodils coming up, which of course just conjures up an idyllic picture in fact we won't go on about it because people might be vomiting now thinking (laughs) in the middle of this grotty old town um but the point is what what you do um you can do from more or less anywhere so um that's rather useful way to grow a business but let's let's go back a bit so you weren't presumably born in a field in Dartmoor where 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 were your where are your roots um the outskirts of London so I, I grew up in a in a village called Chislehurst which is kind of close to Bromley and Alpington places like that um yeah so grew up pretty much in London because I spent a lot of my time in London as a teenager and stuff and then went to Bournemouth University to study advertising and marketing and stayed in Bournemouth actually because my parents had emigrated as I call it to the Isle of Wight which might as well be emigrating to the other side of the world when you're a 20 something um and then yeah I met my husband and we stayed in Dorset for a while and then moved to Devon um, three years or so. His roots are in Devon, so that's why we chose Devon in the end. Yeah, and, and Kate and I are both BU alumni, by the way, just putting that out there. Yay, 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 cheerlead <laughs> for BU. Right, okay, done that. So, um, 
I think Kate probably had a more um, obvious sort of route in and out of that than I did. It's <laughs> a bit <laughs> random, but let let's find out if that's the case. So, so what? So had you? So you, when you went to BU, was that sort of after college kind of thing? Um, I, well, ish. It, sort of. I had I had a, a year at art college, <laughs> which I always reflect back on with. Um, with great amusement looking back now as my adult self so I was 18 when I went to art college and had done really you know good A-levels and stuff and went to art college thinking I need to be creative because I have a very creative soul Trisha as you know and um, I want to be creative I want to be an artist and um, yeah so did a year at um, at Ravenswood in in, um, in, <laughs> in Kent and it was an interesting year because it turned out that I'm far more business-minded than <laughs> even then than I then creative and I remember getting an award at the end of the year that was most likely to be a millionaire by the time she's 30 because <laughs> I just was not really interested in in you know the arty side of it at all I, I just I can't concentrate on you know just art I needed to know where that was going and what it meant to people and how it was going to transform people's lives and what difference it was going to make and all those things and yeah I, I love that art I know that's 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 brilliant. I remember because we've got this in common as well. Um, we, again, I didn't approach it quite the same, but I also went to art college for less than a year, actually. Um, <laughs> I, I, I left in a tantrum one day because I thought it was all too pretentious. But, uh, but actually, it's weird because I think... Um, yeah, I think I had more in common with you than I then realised. That's why that's why I talk about this unsquashing journey that I've been on, which took decades. But you know, I I probably also without realising it, because I remember saying, I can't see the point. I, yeah. I remember that was something that came out of my mouth. And yet, had I been had a wise, mature head and presumably a wonderfully supportive um childhood um I I might have more self-belief and actually and actually gone with that message rather than thinking so I'm going to leave which yeah. was all a bit dramatic but yeah mine was dramatic for all sorts of different <laughs> reasons really I think you know my my dad had always wanted me to go to university and do the things that he hadn't done you know the true you know stereotype and I didn't want to go I just didn't so the middle ground was go to art college I just wanted to you know get on with life and go and get a job and find out what life was really all about I was sick of education I hated school so yeah I just wanted to do you know adult things yes. <laughs> things yes. and so I ended up in art college and thought well Jesus Christ if this is adulting in any way I don't know <laughs> It's very strange. So, um, yeah, I spent most of my time in the pub. To be fair, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's that's part of the course. So, so then, so then you, because uh, because I didn't go to uni until I was about forty eight. So this, that's what I mean. There was this kind of, sort of time lapse thing going on. But anyway, you did then go to you did the sort of marketing route. So now you're getting more businessy, but you still creative, Kate. You know that hasn't that hasn't gone. Um, so then what happens what happens next when did this world of you entering into the world of franchising happen oh, okay so um so I yeah went to went to uni and did advertising and marketing and, and worked in agencies after that and very quickly realized that I was pretty much the worst employee in the world <laughs> I wanted to run my own business I needed to do that it was it was very much an ambition um, and I met the founder of the passionate PA by complete accident and it just changed my life you know one of those conversations that just completely turns everything on its head and 
Um, so yeah, I went from a, a you know a relatively good career back then to to becoming a freelance PA alongside this woman that had inspired me hugely, and she'd set up this passionate PA malarkey, and it was all just amazingly exciting. Um, and then there's lots of you know a big story that goes with that. And then in about 2015, I realised that. The, the passionate PA was something really special and it was replicable because because of my business background I'd started running the passionate PA very much as a business rather than just as I've got these skills let me sell them to you um, and that created a little bit of a catalyst really and then at a networking event I met a solicitor who said have you ever thought about franchising I mean why don't you think about franchising it's not that difficult <laughs> talk about understatement of the goddamn century <laughs> you're ridiculously hard and then, um, yeah, so I just started exploring franchising. So I, I, I tried the whole employing people and stuff, and that level of management is not for me. Um, and the thing I love about franchising is I get to partner with people that love business as much as I do and are interested in and, you know, committed to their success as much as I am in, in my franchisees. So, yeah, I started exploring it. I mean, how hard can it be, Trisha, to, to franchise a little business with no funds behind you and, mm. and be a be a woman in your you know late 20s who you know is pretty much winging it so uh, yeah I just I just got on with it I mean it cost me too much money <laughs> it cost me a lot in terms of sleepless nights and you know it did cost my soul to some degree because that's what business does at the beginning doesn't it and then um yeah it moved into something a little bit more exciting than that and it's very much I've shaped the business now and the franchise opportunity for other people in a much more rewarding way and the you know the, it, there's so many amazing franchises out there I cannot sing the praises of the franchise sector enough because there's so many amazing business opportunities to just help people create the life they really want but franchising often gets a bad press because you know you, when you say franchising you think of McDonald's or Subway or you know the big 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 boys that are you know huge multi multi-million pound businesses um, but they're not all like that and and it's it's a really interesting sector once you once you get on the inside <laughs> after you've done all the exploring yeah it's, it's interesting and obviously caution is is um massively advised um, <laughs> I mean, unlike because i tend to have i've got quite spontaneous spontaneous that's a new word that's a good word <laughs> yeah i like that um <laughs> approach and and you know that like you the creative so but actually when it comes to this i i have actually had an insight through somebody else, um, keeping this highly confidential, um, into the franchising world or that is not the good side of it, you know, where maybe somebody sets it up and then becomes very distant as the as the originator of this thing and they're telling their franchisees, um, do this, do that, you have to do it this way, you have to use this branding, no, you can't do it with your individual touch, no, 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 all the calls have to come through here and it's a special premium line and you're going to pay for that. And, oh, I'm thinking, there I don't are a few of those. There are a few of them, but there, for every one of those, there are 20, 30, 40, 50 of these amazing ones that are really run with soul and ambition. With soul, yeah. It just that's what I mean by you know the the leading with your heart on your sleeve my franchise is very much that I think all of my franchisees would would say it's very much a partnership approach between us rather than me going yes you will do this 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 and this and don't wear green on a Tuesday <laughs> that's a really bad that never that doesn't you know that's never something that happens in our franchise I guess there must be ones out there like that but um not not the the huge amount of franchises no but, and uh, you know it's like it's like everything else isn't it in this world we have to 
you know, you get a vibe from people. And, you know, I if I was talking to you about becoming, you know, part of it, I, I, I'd get a vibe. I, I, I would immediately know this was going to be someone who led with an open heart, vulnerability, courage, kindness and consistency. And um, and therefore it would be a good match. So, yeah, that's that speaks to the fact you do, you, you know, you have to trust your gut a bit and you have to go with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I speak to a lot of potential franchisees that are coming from the corporate world. So I've lived a very different life in that, you know, that corporate environment and very structured and, um, you know, all about chasing the money, essentially, whether they realise it's that or not, they're chasing the money, they're chasing security. And one of the biggest things I say to people at that early point in our discussions is the biggest security you can actually get is from trusting yourself. And once they realise what that is, they go, oh, gosh, what have I been doing? Which I don't mean to make them feel like their career is, is not a great thing to have, because it absolutely is. But it's a launch pad for something else. When you trust yourself to be the very best version of yourself and go and make your own money from your own skills and your own experience um, and trust someone like me to help you package all of that up and, and do that. It becomes, I mean, honestly, the way our franchisees flourish, and that's what I call it, they flourish. It's just, it's beautiful and it's such a privilege to be part of it because they you know they come thinking oh they've got these skills and they can make x pounds an hour and it's all just going to be so lovely and so structured and it's going to be fine and then by the time they're a year and a year and a half in it's like whoa my life is so different from how it was meant to be and how I thought it was going to be but in such a good way such a good way it lets people become the whole self rather than just you know the work self which is something I'm really interested in so Oh, 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 oh. Can you just stop a minute? Because this is too. <laughs> this is too. This is too. No, it's just too rich. Hang on a minute. Um, right. Uh, rather, yeah. I'm, well, I'm, I'm writing. I'm, <laughs> I'm writing notes, Kate. Um, okay, just work self. Right. Okay. So you said I, this is well worth repeating. Um, so I'm going to repeat it. Okay. In fact, I'll probably put it on a meme and I'll probably make a video about it. <laughs> write a book. I might even write a book. <laughs> I won't credit what did I say? Again. I can't remember what I said. <laughs> okay. It's my idea. It's my original idea. Right, here we go. Okay. Excellent. The, the biggest... <laughs> You'll be really interested by this, Kate. The biggest security you can get, I don't know if you know this, is from trusting yourself. <laughs> I do. From my own personal journey, I mean, that's not just something I have read in a book. It's my massive personal journey is the, yeah, the only security in your career, in your life comes from knowing who you are and doing the best you can and trusting you will always do that. It's it's such a powerful space to, to live from. It's really, really important. Very important. Absolutely. And then you said, you know, flourish, which is a lovely word. Um, and then you said, um Flourish, yeah, it's just so much nicer than grow. Flourish, flourish is yeah, a really nice word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, grow just goes upwards. No, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah, I like that. I've got, I've got the word thrive actually on my book cover, but I, I think I, I think I might just uh, halt the press and change it. To... <laughs> thrive, is good. thrive is a very good word. I like thrive. Thrive, thrive is good. Yeah, we're okay with thrive. But, but yours, yeah, go on. Flourish to me says colour and all of its, you know, you in, if you flourish, you can actually experience negativity as well and come out of it, I think. And that's important too. When you become a business owner as a franchisee or as any business owner, there will be moments that are not great and you need to learn from them, don't you? And I think 
Flourish describes that, oh, it's not so great right now, but I'm going to come out of it eventually and, and move into something else. It's, it's perfect. Great. It's perfect. And, and boy, oh boy, is that something we definitely have to get good at. <laughs> um, and yeah, and you said, you know, the whole self rather than just the work self. And, and, and it's funny, isn't it, how... I don't know. You see, I grew up in, I was born in the 50s, Kate. Um, and so I, I was surrounded by the whole Lady Bird book um, mantra, which was, you know, man does this, woman does this, yep. ch boy child does this, girl child does yep. that. Um, and it was, it was, it, I, I kind of grew up in that Lady Bird world. Actually, it was almost identical. It was quite sort of you know materialistically um good uh but hug wise not so good you know all the dad off and then back with me I didn't see much of him mum in the kitchen board so I didn't I didn't grow up with that with a very refined understanding of how you could blend those much more than I was seeing it took me as I say it took me a long time to believe in that if you like yeah me too. me too I didn't I didn't have great examples of, of it actually when I was growing up at all really really quite the opposite my mum was you know a housewife a, a stay-at-home mum very unfulfilled you know just loves cooking and baking that is her that's her thing you know hence the reason why I'm now a little bit too tubby and stuff <laughs> all of these things you know they create the human being that you are don't they um and then on the other side of that my dad was an absolute workaholic completely chasing the money worked for the top four you know accountancy firms in London and that was his life and then had an almighty stop at 48 because he had a heart attack on the train home and that was probably a deciding moment in my life that I was never going to live like that it was not work to me couldn't be something that cost me my health and cost me my happiness and stuff so um so yeah I mean it's been a massive journey and it's not been one that I you know I didn't know that I wanted to bring my whole self to work when I was you know young and working in the advertising agencies I didn't know that was a thing I just knew I felt wrong doing it the way they wanted me to do it <laughs> that was never gonna work so um, that's it that's it you you've hit the nail on the head you felt wrong I mean I, no it, nobody should feel because otherwise we'll have everybody bashing themselves over their head thinking oh I should have figured this out I should no that's not what either Kate or I would ever say we no, it, no. I mean really? hindsight brilliant thing <laughs> oh that's what it was that's what was going on in my head oh that's why I didn't feel right you know yeah. but you you of course you don't if, figure I, that yeah, out if yeah. I knew all this all you know as everybody does if I knew everything I knew now back then life would have been much easier I would never have made the mistakes I've made and you know the business would have grown much quicker and all of those things but you know, know. You, you know what you know when you know it don't you <laughs> so you only know what you know when you know it listeners write that one down as well um right so let's let's dig down into what the heck this PA malarkey is because um there's you know there's PA that right so, so I was technically um because of you know being so old I grew up in I went to Pittman's at one stage uh, one of my 3,000 careers and um you know so I was a secretary uh this is back in the late 70s 80s in a very male dominated world ah! in advertising actually oh my god that must have been fun <laughs> oh dear Oh yes, we won't. That would be a whole book a whole of itself. Book yes, <laughs> I would just spill my heart all over. You know. So anyway, I so I was what was called a secretary, 
then sort of a PA, I think, um, uh, when I moved down here in my previous life and was just working for two guys in an ad agency, but I was doing more stuff. Um, and then, yeah, and now I obviously have heard of VAs, virtual assistants, um, I, I kind of have a slight idea of what they do, but I don't think anybody, unless they're using one or really delved into this, quite knows what the differences in all these things are. So, absolutely, you've hit the nail on the head. So the word the word VA and you know the term virtual assistant is used so widely. But it doesn't actually mean anything anymore, I don't think. I mean, there are probably going to be a million VAs going, oh, my God, shut up, woman. But <laughs> it, do- <laughs> it doesn't. People, And I know virtual assistants themselves who call themselves a VA, and then they go, why don't my clients know what I do? Well, because you've got the word virtual in your title for a start. Like, if, if you're going to see people face-to-face, don't call yourself virtual. And, if you know, what does assistant even mean these days? Who knows, you know? So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a whole world of people that have gone to massive trouble of describing what a secretary is what a PA is what an EA is what a you know all of these other titles receptionist admin assistant executive assistant executive admin assistant you're like oh my god too many titles too many titles what really matters is the people what really matters is what they can bring to your business um and I think that's where we stand with the passionate PA is that it doesn't really matter what our title is the passionate PA is just memorable to be fair <laughs> it's just it's just a cute name and it's it's just in good stead for 12 years so we're going to keep going but what we actually do is change people's businesses you know all of the people that are passionate PAs have such incredible and varied and wide commercial experience that you could put any one of us in any business and we would help you somehow so it you know the word VA doesn't describe us but equally it doesn't describe a lot of people there are VAs out there that charge £10 an hour and some that charge £70 an hour so how do you know the difference from a client perspective I think it's really tough (laughs) I think it's really really hard for them to understand what it is they do unless like you say they've got one but even then they'll only understand what that one does they won't understand what another one does so yes it's a term I'm a little bit um I I just don't like it I don't like the term because it's not no so I mean it's because right because if you put into the mix I'm just thinking out loud here listeners like hopefully you are too um if you put into the mix then things like consultants and coaches and mentors. Absolutely. What do any of them do? <laughs> no. oh, I mean, yeah, exactly. Because I, you know, because I, you know, I end up helping people in quite random ways that I would never have, if I tried to put that in some kind of snappy headline as to what I do or describe myself in a word, it just, that would be rubbish because, what happens is the people, the people are different. You explore something. You then realise, actually, I have got something that I can offer of value here. Um, this happens. Da, da, da. They grow. They evolve. I evolve. We all, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's the same with business coach, you know, virtual assistant and business coach, the same sort of terms in that way, aren't they? What, do, what does it actually mean? You you know, you either specialise in something or, or you like working with a particular sort of individual, a sort of business that you can really, really help. And I think that's the detail that matters. That's where branding comes into play and proper marketing messages really matter. And, you know, just putting yourself out there and being consistent in what you are and who you are is massively important. If you do that, 
that well, it doesn't really matter what title you have. I mean, I've lost count of how many people have said to me, Kate, you're not a PA. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. But I like the brand name that I've adopted, so I'm going to keep it. I can help you do any, anything, but absolutely it doesn't matter that you call me a PA. It doesn't matter at all. But I would never call myself a consultant. So there's a, you know, there's a whole um, identity thing with that, I think, because I'm a roll up your sleeves, get stuck in kind of, kind of girl. I don't never want to just consult from the sidelines as some business consultants do. I, you know, it just wants all the consultants. Yes. Yeah, so, yes yeah. No, that, that actually does, that makes, because I would say that too. That That's really interesting. So say for instance, um, so I think, I think there's a, Big message in there. Uh, it is very, very hard to get those snappy LinkedIn profile headlines. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Anybody needed an about section? Describe yourself. Um, it, it's it's it literally has an effect. Oh, same at networking. You know, oh, yeah. we're going around the table now. Uh, everyone can introduce us to us, and literally, your brain says, "I'm closing down now." yeah absolutely i don't know who i am today goodbye <laughs> yes. i don't even know what my name is anymore that's yeah. it because yeah. because you because this very unnatural um sort of set of constraints has been put around you and i do understand that we do have to be able to find a way of describing what we do enough but i i also interestingly this very podcast somebody asked me about it not that long ago and said what, 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 why did you do it? What do you do? And I was trying to, I said, oh, and the, you know, the, the line under the title is something like, you see, even I can't remember, um, you know, growing your small business, growing your business without selling your soul or something like that. I, and they said, oh, really? Well, I don't really care about that. He said, I just really enjoy listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> and you think, yeah, that that's the point. And it's exactly the same on LinkedIn, isn't it? If somebody... They don't tend to get obsessed about looking at every word of your headline. If you are putting yourself out there as you, you should make it quite obvious, A, the kind of person you are, whether they're going to kind of get on with you or whatever, and, and, and what you do and what you're good at and what your skills are and, and all the rest of it. That, so ultimately, that's the bit that matters. We get so hung up on these Oh, I got to get this. Just titles, isn't it? And what actually matters is showing up with that courage to be your full self and being able to to do and say what you believe in and being confident to do that. And actually, the consistency of that. If LinkedIn is about anything, Trish, if marketing is about anything, it's consistency, isn't it? The magic C word, as I call it. Honestly, my franchisees get so tired of me saying this, but it, you know, it doesn't matter if you show up with a post that is completely crap on LinkedIn, as long as you show up every week, week in, week out, so people get a feel for what you do and who you are. And when they want or think they might need help, they at least know you exist. Like that's, that's you know, nine tenths of the, of the issue, isn't it? Just knowing that someone's out there to help you. Exactly, so. exactly. Um, so just on, on a very getting rolling your sleeves up type of basis, because, you know, I, I like that too. Um, what, so... I mean, you know a little bit about me and what I do, okay? So, and I'm on my own. I have, I have nobody else, and I've just, I've just been through a book journey. I'm still going on it, which means that I, for the first time, really had to plug into a team um, to to work 
with me on it because I <laughs> there was no way I, no right so that was a real learning curve and I was really lucky because thank you LinkedIn that meant that I knew the people to go to and I trusted them and sure enough I, it was a very relaxing experience great but so I have got a taste of it now so I know I'm not a complete control freak although <laughs> um I no, knowing a bit about what I do without going into very specific details so I would use one of your lovely passionate PA people to do what? I don't, want, I don't, I don't need the whole list. Let's get, just give a couple of examples. Okay, so most clients start with, you know, my business to-do list, my business brain is too full and I don't know how to get away from that. I can't stand that feeling of overwhelm anymore. I'm not achieving all the things I want to achieve. Ah, there must be another way. And there is another way in that you can just have another business brain and we will take some of that stuff away. So we have an awesome tool called how to delegate your to-do list, which basically helps people decide what is on their to-do list and puts it in quadrants as to whether they can outsource it easily, whether they can't outsource it, whether they need to do it. And it also relates back to the whole self thing and whether you're doing the things you love and nobody should be doing anything they don't love, at least on a weekly basis. So um, so it deals with all of that. And that's probably the place we would start with all new clients in the sense that you know they need to identify, the client needs to identify what they do love doing, what they don't love doing, what's actually making them money, what isn't making them money. And there's a whole you know science behind what you can outsource there and we would literally take that on so we would find the right passionate PA with the skill sets you need to do that so for you Trisha it would probably be the structure and the organization piece and the project management piece I would imagine because you're such a creative there's probably a zillion things in your mind and just bringing that together in some sort of structured um process orientated way would would help you get the results you wanted faster I would imagine I mean I don't yes. know that well you know she's spot on isn't she <laughs> anybody who knows me will think yes that's exactly what Trisha needs come along <laughs> sort yourself out Trisha all this creativity <laughs> all over the place I I yeah it's a painful process I I am so aware of it I, do, I wasn't to begin with so this is what we do we go on an evolving journey to, I, I thought it was great just to be chucking stuff out the front end and then not repurposing anything and you know nutty but now I think doing the book and getting more clients has well that's forced my brain to think hang about there's only this there's only this many hours in the day I hadn't realized that I'm supposed to go to bed now <laughs> don't stay up night. that's really bad for you really no bad. I do I what I tend to do is get up I, I the last because of I suppose getting to this book launch thing, I've, I've been up at, <laughs> I keep waking up at five o'clock, which is very silly, but I do try and, yes, yeah, it's, it's, oh, I bet it's gorgeous in that field of yours. <laughs> well, I don't go and sit with the ponies or anything. <laughs> <laughs> out there with a cup of coffee or anything no 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 I love it I'm such an early morning person but I can't do anything fast about half past four because that is the time when I need to go and sit in the field I can't do both ends of the day and be creative but if you can at five o'clock harness it that's a really good it's a really mm. good time to be creative yeah I think so and I think that's a good tip for everybody to just tune in to give themselves some space to tune in rather than fight it I think I think that's what we automatically do. We fight. We say, oh, my God, this is really bad. I'm working at um, half past five in the morning. And this is this is what happens when you're a workaholic and I'm going to burn. 
no, no, that's fine. As long as you don't then work at, you know, at 12 o'clock at night as well. This might be your best time, like you just said. Oh, it is for me. Absolutely for me. Between, yeah. don't tell anyone. I mean, this isn't going to go anywhere, is it? This conversation. No, <laughs> God, no. Don't tell anyone. No, but I've been home to work in the morning, like half past three, four a.m. Because it, my brain, your brain naturally wakes up at that time and you start, you know, rejuvenating and all that sleep pattern stuff, science. And I, I'm just so much more on it. So I have sat here in my dressing gown at 4am typing the most amazing content and then by midday I mean obviously I need to go and lie down and have a nap because I've been up ridiculously early but the content that I create then is so much more focused and so much more um just strategic I think because your brain is pressure I, I think oh I love that there's actually some as well I am absolutely going to embrace that because I've sort of been feeling slightly guilty about and like you in my dressing gown <laughs> <laughs> one minute it's dark and then I look at myself it's light now that's nice. yeah, that's <laughs> <ten. laughs> yep I've done that before I've done oh that before. and when the, and when but we there are people we, that do it the other way around <laughs> stay up all night and create the best content ever I mean I would be rubbish at that but you know a couple of our passionate PAs do that and it's wonderful it, you know you should just embrace your body clock and your way of working so it doesn't you know there's no one size fits all especially not nowadays aren't there, for embrace your body hours. clock that's Gone a great life <laughs> listen I've realized that this is one of these situations um and it's just because I pick really good podcast guests that I actually say this in every episode that I could I could talk <laughs> I could talk all day um yeah I mean I don't want to make you feel less special by saying I say this to every guest but certainly say it's true um but you are special and you're fabulous and I have really loved this conversation and I'm aware of the fact I could talk as I say a lot more about it but do you want to is there anything that we haven't covered like you want to sum up with or importantly also tell people how to keep connected with you Oh, okay. So anybody can find us at thepassionatepa.co.uk, obviously. And I would love LinkedIn connections. I love having conversations about random things. So anybody who wants to um, start a conversation, head it up with the word random and I I will definitely have a conversation about anything. Um, Yeah, definitely find me on LinkedIn. But anybody who's thinking about franchising or just you know, wants to explore whether that's right for their business, I'd be really happy to have a conversation. That's something I think I would have valued the most in my career journey is somebody who'd gone on that franchising journey, but not done it in the most traditional sense and not wanted to build a massive empire, just wanted to build the right flexible business for them, but with that as a growth model. Um, And yeah, so I'd be very happy to talk to anybody who was thinking about that too, Tricia, for sure. Heart centres. I love it. Absolutely love it. So, um, there we go, listeners. Yet another fabulous person to go and click connect or follow on LinkedIn. By the way, if any if any of my listeners are on LinkedIn, I don't know why they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> LinkedIn's no, no. I love LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's it's a very enriching experience if you use it properly. Little caveat there. Right, that is fabulous. I've got now a picture of spring and the field and the ponies, which you just dropped in there casually. Oh, please do. Yes, I do actually. And I'll use it when I'm spreading the news about this podcast. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll do a random the connection. Pony, we've 
famous <laughs> they'll love it nobody will remember you just with the ponies you know yeah. what they say about working with children and animals that's it that'll be done for yeah oh did you see the picture of the pony what was that oh i don't know somebody was blubbering on about uh, yeah, something franchising <laughs> thanks <laughs> take care a, yeah you too thanks ever so much Yes! Take action. Try this one small very step. Simple. That thing Kate was talking about, embracing your body clock. You might well be thinking, oh, I better not get up at this point and start working. That's bad, isn't it? Or it's bad to be working at this time of night. How about over the next week or so, actually taking a different stance as in, does this feel good? Is this my good time of day? Yeah. So I'll balance it out and I'll start early or I'll finish late. But yeah, keep the work-life balance, of course, but embrace your, not somebody else's, body clock. I'd love you to leave some stars and reviews on iTunes, Spotify or any other platform. Don't forget to go to trishalewis.com for more resources and sign up for the fortnightly email I'm not much of a seller, but I am going to tell you to go to Amazon and buy The Mystery of the Squash Self, my new book. Stay curious, stay connected, and above all, stay unsquashed. Never be